Hello, everyone. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast, episode number 43. We're so glad that you are listening to this episode. And we have some amazing guests. We love them both dearly. Our friends, KJ and Cambry Washington, are on Afraid Not with us tonight. And they are a darling young married couple and sharing with us about the reality of racial tension and how from their own home to their um, world view, how their experience can bless and help us. I'm just really excited for you to hear this message, but it's uh, it's heavy, it's emotional. Um, we were going to start an Enneagram thing, but I, we wanted to put it off for a week or for a couple weeks because... This is an important topic, and I just think there are some things that we need to hear, and we need to be listening, and we need to hear other people's stories. So it's very honest. They did not hold back, um, and it's very God-centered. So I, it's, I'm just excited for you to listen to it. So here we go. Thanks so much for coming, Cambry and KJ. Guys, I'm so excited. Thank you for having us. It's pretty cool that we have this awesome young couple. Together on Afraid Not, we are thrilled you're here because we're friends in real life, and we get to go to the same church and worship the Lord together, and we are thrilled that we can sit and talk with you, and we hope that our listeners will be blessed by this conversation and that it will bring great things and we'll be able to hear from the Lord through just this time, so... So tell us a little bit about yourselves and like what your family structure looks like and how you met. We met in high school. Um, you moved here your sophomore year. The end of my the freshman year. Sophomore year, my junior year. I'm older. At Owasso High School. Yes, at Owasso. And we dated for a couple years, on and off, and then. He went to college to play football, and we went our separate ways. And then, what, five years ago? Oh, yeah, five years ago. We reconnected and dated and got married, and now we have a son, Cruz, almost two, and a little girl on the way. And that's... Yeah, that's where we are. Yeah. I want to hear, how did the reconnect happen? Like, KJ, were you thinking, I just need to reach out to Cambry, or was it on it, social media? It was or? like a, it was a, uh, it was a God thing. I, mm-hmm. She was actually moving her sister into her uh, grandma's house. And I lived in apartments behind there, but I didn't know that they were even over there. So I was coming home from, actually, I was getting ready to go to do a show. and Meaning was, play the drums for the show or what? Yes, the drums. Awesome. I was getting ready to play the drums uh, that night. And uh, I accidentally turned down on the wrong street. I made a right too early and uh, went down the street and saw them move like her whole family was there so uh, I stopped and I said hey you ladies need any help and then her mom knew who I was she was like KJ so I got out I helped them move and then she was like you need to take her out so I was like alright that's fine 
<laughs> Mama said. Yeah. Mama said. <laughs> Mama said. So uh, that was that was pretty cool. So at that point, I knew it was because I told her in high school we were going to get married. But oh, uh, you guys skipped what? over that part of the story. <laughs> what? She just blew through it. She gave you the, <laughs> the outline, but she didn't. Yeah, I told her I was going to marry in high school. It was just his little. She said I I was a little... Trying to be smooth. Yeah. She said I was smooth, but I knew that's what I needed. But at that time, as a kid, like, you're not thinking straight. Some people are thinking straight, some people are not. And I was the one that was not. Most high schoolers, I would say, are not. Yeah. So that was me. You can include me in that most. But uh, we dated for three years, uh, and then we actually broke up when I went to college. And I think we, well, I needed to experience what mm-hmm. I experienced and what I thought I wanted and all that. And he was like, nope, you don't want that. <laughs> came back and it all worked out like it was supposed to work out. So that's our story. That was our, that was my aha, yes. Back, <laughs> so sweet. Back to what I wanted, what I needed, so. And listeners, you will have to make sure you can see on the show notes the family picture because their son seriously is, I think, I mean, I adore my own children, so I have to, of course, be the biased mama that they're so cute, but I think Crew almost beats him because he's so cute. He's He's adorable. Yeah. (laughs) He just got a haircut and he looks like he's five now, so mommy's We're letting his hair go crazy, but he doesn't like it getting washed. So it's like torture to him. So we finally cut it. So cute. And golly. Well, if you were into the whole wanting to pursue having a child model, I don't know if you are, but I mean, like, I could see him on some Gap billboard or like, he's amazing. He's adorable. We've heard that that several times. (laughs) I'm just like, no, I don't want him to get a big head. Let him be a kid. Let him just run around and some some girl will tell him he's cute and then he'll find out he's cute then, I guess. (laughs) So did you both grow up in the church? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. My, uh. My family was definitely in church. Well, my mom was in church pretty much her entire life. Her uh, mom was married to a preacher, so that's all she knew, and that's all I knew growing up. So we went to a few different churches and things like that, but we were always in the church. She made sure we were always in church. So That's a good mama. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was... We came to First Baptist, I think, in third grade, and I've been there ever since. Oh, okay. We were there all the time. (laughs) I love that. That's that's great. And that's where we all are now, First Baptist Church of Wasso, for you listeners. And we love our church so much. Okay, so when you guys started dating, did you were there any issues there? Was it was it an easy thing ride, or were there things that happened? Um, there were. It was. Definitely not normal because you have people's opinions, and I had people tell me that um, I hate saying this because I don't like the way it probably makes them feel, but that you need to think about what you're doing because other boys might not date you after you date a black boy. And I had some friends who just thought I was crazy and 
Like, why would you want to go down that route? But to me, it was, I wasn't dating a black boy. I was dating, dating KJ. KJ. Mm-hmm. Right. And who he was. And, I mean, we had, there was one instance I remember we were walking into a restaurant and some people drove by in a truck and yelled out, um, stop taking our women. Uh, and I mean, whoa! It's it's hard because it's like embarrassing. Not that they speak for me, but it's embarrassing for me, and I'm sure it makes him feel terrible. And yeah, I mean they they um, it's it makes you especially at that age, and at that age, you know, you're rebellious anyway. So mm-hmm. when they say stuff like that. Makes me like want to grab her and like hold her hand or hug her or something yeah. like that. But you know, at that age, I think it's more of a like, well, if you don't like it, I'm gonna put it in your face. Mm-hmm. And that, so <clears throat> that's kind of the stage I was I was at like during that stuff when people would say stuff like that. That was my retaliation, even though she felt bad. I was just like, well, like we're dating, so get mm-hmm. over it. Right. What are you gonna do about it? KJ, did any of your friends or family give you a hard time that you wanted to date Cambry? Um, not really. Um, my mom was more of, like, if you like her, make sure you like her. Mm-hmm. I don't care whatever she is, you know. So, and our, she has four boys. I have three brothers. So, my older brother is dating a white and Cuban chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my younger brother is married to a, a mixed child as well. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all they've known. So, I mean, they're pretty... So it wasn't anything different? So it wasn't anything different. And where I grew up in Texas, it was mostly diverse anyway. So um, it wasn't that big of a deal mm-hmm. as it was... When Owasso we got here in Owasso, <laughs> sure. Owasso was a huge culture shock to me okay. when I moved here. So, mm. so we talk about that. How- so that was, you know, Texas, like in the Dallas area, mm-hmm. just the life in general is different. You got, we have our own mall, our city had our own mall, own, you know, stores you can eat. You can stay in the city. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So. There was things to do at all times, and then the end of my freshman year, growing up all the way, you know, to 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. when people you grew up with. So I moved here kind of bitter. You know? Right. And it was, right. was even smaller when you moved. Yeah, there, I think they had oh, just Dallas built Oh, Dallas to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they had just built a Walmart or something, yeah. and they were people were excited. I was like, what? <laughs> They're excited they by were Walmart? They excited for the Walmart. And I was like, ah. You need a little bit more than that. (laughs) You know, but eventually I grew to to love it. And this is where, you know, God wanted me to be clearly. So, uh, but when I moved here, you know, like I said, it was a culture shock. School, like, I've never seen so many white people in, like, one place. I know. Yeah. Like, literally, I, I, I mean, it sounds hard to believe, but I did not. Like, there was especially in school. So, you know, you try not to think, you know, as me walking around, probably like my style's different, like I talk different, and then like I'm black, mm-hmm. you know, and I see all these 
guys in cowboy boots, <laughs> ripped up jeans, and they're chewing tobacco. I'm like, oh man, like what am I getting? Like what did my parents get me into? So I try not to go in with the, you know, with a, with a like knowing that something's gonna happen. So I was, I wasn't confrontational, but I wasn't scared of confrontation. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. So I ended up getting in. I think I got in a fight the like first week I was there because someone called me the infamous N word, and they oh, said they keep that. moving in, oh. and I was just like at that point, like I told you, I was already angry, and mm-hmm. it was just like, all right, now I got to deal with this. So I just acted out in anger. You know, it felt good for a minute, but then it was just like, okay, now like, what if? He go gets his friends like I can't walk around town. I can't be seen. They can do something to me. So I was like, man, I probably shouldn't have done that. Got in trouble, you know. Uh, actually regretted doing what I was doing uh, and being angry. So I tried to like give it a chance. Like, okay, that was one person, you know. Uh, but got on the football team. Dudes were saying, "Oh, you're not gonna do. You're not gonna be this. You're not gonna be that. You're not gonna be this." And so I had to deal with that for a little bit until I actually showed my skills, and then I ended mm-hmm. up being that shut him up. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that proved. And that's the thing. Action speaks louder than words, and mm. anybody can argue back and forth or you know say what they want to say but when you have your actions actually Mm -hmm. speak for you they can't take that away from you right you know they can't deny that so uh after that surprisingly well not surprisingly it was pretty smooth sailing after they found out i could play play football so (laughs) that got a little uh it, it got a little easier but when we started dating it was like, okay, you're good enough for the football. You're good enough for sports to, you know, for us to come and watch and entertain. But, like, no, you can't. Don't start dating. Because I didn't know of any interracial couples at the school at that time. At that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I like her. So I'm going <laughs> to talk and hopefully she likes me. So. <laughs> and I, I mean, we got comments from the other side, too. Yeah. There were some black girls that said, you know, like, you're taking one of the good ones. Like, mm-hmm. don't take him. And she's I mean, got she got a lot of looks. Yeah. She I got a lot of looks. In the hallway a lot. I got a lot of <laughs> stares, which we we still do today. Yeah. We still do. Just from both sides, and it's not just a white thing; it's a it's a black thing as well. Like it's seen as it shouldn't be an interracial thing, and it's just like okay, like grow up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, grow up. There was a time that I was eating with him and his little brother, and my dad actually got a phone call from a man that went to our church and said. I'm just letting you know your daughter is at dinner with two black men, or two black boys. Um, us dads need to stick together, and I just thought you should oh, know. No. <laughs> so, I mean, Whoa. from people who should be supporting you, we still got... I mean, your dad, what was your dad's response to that? Um, well, at first, he was like, thanks for letting me know. I know she's there. Mm-hmm. But then as he sat there, he got angry. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. he called him back and was told him, you know... Yes, I know, and yes, he's a good kid, and 
basically right yeah <laughs> told them off a little bit and then hopefully I wasn't there so I don't know yeah hopefully a nice way but I mean it's just sad that he's never once had a conversation with him or his brother and he felt he needed to let my dad know right and I mean we were sitting at wings to go eating it wasn't like we were doing anything yeah <laughs> we were eating yeah. <laughs> and he still felt the need to call and say mm-hmm. that I was there like, it was somewhere I was not supposed to be. My parents knew I was there. Like, yeah. it was not a secret. So, I mean, you just... But like he said, at that age, you're young, and I didn't care. I was like, I like who I like. Get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. As you get yeah. older, it's a little bit harder, but you still... Yeah, I'm still like, I like who yeah. I like. It's... Get over <laughs> it. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was... I mean, there's probably plenty more, uh, but... Like, that didn't have any effect on our relationship. Like, and, you know, we were able to get through it. And then. And we hung out with a diverse group of friends. Yes. So it wasn't in our friend group. It wasn't a big deal. So it it wasn't like an everyday thing. We hung out with friends just like normal teenagers. And just every now and then you'd have. So it wasn't like a huge shun, like getaway Mm -hmm. Like, we're isolated. We yeah. had friends that agreed with what we were doing, didn't care. Or, right. So, like, it all worked out pretty good. But then, you know, you have the people that likes to let their boys be mm-hmm. heard, nooses in locker rooms and lockers oh, being Really? Oh, yeah. It was... Oh, it was. No. It's it's a lot of insensitive things, you know. The because I know the people that do it, so I know like, hey, they won't do that to your face. Like they won't, they won't ever say anything to your face. They won't ever publicly mm-hmm. show that. Mm-hmm. But they deep down they feel like that. So mm-hmm. to me, like I can't like I'm not gonna be mad at you because you're. You're hurting. You learn that from something. You don't even fully believe in that because you won't say it to my face. You won't sure. sit there and actually. The people that actually believe that way are say the ones that's going to say it to mm-hmm. your face. They don't care. Like they are. Like I don't like you. Like mm-hmm. which we've had some of those. So mm-hmm. like so the people that are like that, like kind of behind the. That's something they've learned. They think it's funny. They think it's just like a club to be in or just a cool way of thinking. Like, my parents thought like this. My friends think like this, so I'm going to think like this. Hmm. So I learned that more as I went on in life. But at that time, I'm just like, that's so that's so stupid. Like, I'm mad. Like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? Like, I know you. Like, clearly you don't care about me or whatever. Like, But, you know, you live and you learn. Let it roll off your shoulders and you keep going. So, how do you how do you do that? How do you let it roll off your shoulders? That would be a hard thing to. Roll it's off shoulders. it's it's hard uh, at the beginning. It's very hard because you feel like after so much, you want to take action. Mm-hmm. Like after all these things, people are saying this, saying this, calling you this, calling you that saying this about this and you shouldn't be doing that like after a while you're just like shut up like mm-hmm. like to the most patient man like after a while you're just like I'm about to lose it and that's almost 
to a point to where I I got to a point to where I was ready to just lose it. But um, I have a friend named Marcus, and he talked to me several several times, you know, several times, and he's talking me down. He's like, "Man, look, it's the enemy. Like, you're you're destined for something. You're destined for something. He's trying to make you." Make you make a, a quick decision out of emotional, just out of your mm-hmm. out of your emotions. Mm-hmm. It's going to cause this. Then you're going to be this, and then you're going to be out of your calling. Hmm. So it's just like so. Was having a mentor like that a, like that was a big part of that was a big part of just you know we would kind of check each other because mm-hmm. it was like he was. This was in college. Yeah, this was in college. Like it was. Like, Where did you play football? I played football at Missouri State University in Springfield. Okay. It was the, I think it was the like whitest city in Springfield. <laughs> Seriously. Like I think that's legit. So like, you went you can, from here to yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> Even yeah, whiter. Yep. Yeah, so, and I think that's where I got. I, she says I have a lot of patience, oh, and. Wow. I think that's where most of my patience has come from and reading the Bible and learning not to carry the load and understand where all of this stuff is coming from. Mm-hmm. When you understand it, it doesn't affect you in the same way. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, he talked me down several times. He's, I think, maybe three years older than me, four years older than me. So he had... He goes through a little bit, mm-hmm. and then once mm-hmm. I hit that, he's just like, hey, this is, like, yeah. don't do this, don't do that. Like, listen to me. Like, read the Bible, read this verse, or whatever. So he was a very good friend. We ended up, uh, we played football with each other, ended up living together for a while. We're still friends now. Uh, but, yeah, that's the one guy I can, mm-hmm. like, for biblical or anyone I just need to talk to, I'll be able to call him at any time. So, and I know I'll get sound advice mm-hmm. because everything is about the Father. So, mm-hmm. and that's the only way, the only way that you could get through this, this, these times and through these trials and the people like reading comments and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Like I feel like Is to have like a mentor, like a father figure. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, just a friend, a friend, uh, just okay. a friend who someone you can, I can, check with. I trust, okay. like I trust. I don't, I don't trust it a lot. It knows what you, what you're feeling. Yes. Yeah, has been through what, like we, we went through a lot of things together as well. So, like uh, so, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. a like we have a real bond, almost like bro. Like so, you I have mean, to have your inner brothers. circle people. Yeah, so yeah. so we have that, mm-hmm. but um, I can call him at any time with any question, and he'll be mm-hmm. ready. And I know it's going to be biblic- biblically sound advice because that's what I need. Any other advice is probably not going to lead to what. Mm-hmm. It needs to lead to. Right. And after a while, I, you know, the world tells you that if you're black, you need to think this way. You have to go with this movement. You have to do this. You mm-hmm. have to walk like this. You have to talk like this. You have to, 
And it's just like when you go against that, because you get hate from the black side, too. Mm -hmm. Like they're just like, oh, you don't. Oh, you don't think like me. Oh, yeah, you're Uncle Tom or like you a whole bunch of colorful words that they use. But Hmm. it's just like just because I don't think like you, like I'm now all of a sudden I'm the enemy. Mm -hmm. I am. Last time I checked, I'm still black. Like last time I checked, I've still gone through the same things you've gone through. I'm just not as I'm not letting my emotions control my actions. So. Mm And that's that's where we are now. The emotions have gotten so big to where it's spilling over the top. So what what are the next steps for like what is most of our listeners are probably white women. What as white women do we need to know? Like what what are our next steps? What should we do and know? Um I like I said, I'm more spiritual. Mm-hmm. I'm more of on the spiritual side of things. So I just say pray. Pray that the Lord's will be done. Period. Hmm. Because it's not what we want. It's not our story. It's not how we want things to play out. It's not what we think is right. It's ultimately what he thinks is right. Right. Mm. And to give me the peace, give me the peace of mind Mm -hmm. to be okay with it and still praise him and live my life. So that's where I'm at now. Like just the other day we were having a conversation like it wasn't even a hot topic. It was just about a comment. And for a split second I got into the like I got into the flesh and I was angry almost mm-hmm. like not angry but I was very just annoyed because I stay off like I stay off of social media like you have to stay off of I'm not reading I'm not gonna put myself in that mm-hmm. position to be angry and so angry that I have to get on social media and type this out of anger or whatever like God, you know, my heart, mm-hmm. you know, if someone if you give me the opportunity to talk to someone or do something, that's when I'll talk. But I'm not moving unless you tell me to do it, because mm-hmm. everything that I do has to be for your glory. Everything that I do. So it's not mm-hmm. for me to be right. It's not for me to be uh politically correct it's not for me to you know nothing for me mm-hmm. everything has to be pointed towards god and what he wants even though we think we know what should be going on this is like i said this is his story he's already written his story i'm just trying to make sure i'm in his will and doing what he has called me to do mm-hmm. that way I can hear what I need to hear at the end of everything. So So good. That's just so good. That'll preach right there. (laughs) Yeah, um, but I mean, it took it. It takes. It takes. It's a lot of self control. It takes a lot. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. You have to get rid of pride. You have to get rid of. uh, Pride is number one. Pride is when you hear something. You know it's right, but you don't want to agree with it. Mm -hmm. That's pride. Hmm. 
Don't go down that road. That's destruction. That's destruction. That's disobedience. You need to listen and mm-hmm. pray. And when you pray, make sure you're praying because you want the real answer. So you either want to do what God wants you to do or mm-hmm. you want to do what you want to do. Like there's no gray areas. It's boom, boom. If he tells you to, if someone comes into your life and they tell you something and it's resonating with you, but you keep denying it, then at that point, that's on you mm-hmm. because he's already revealed the truth to you. So pride, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm pretty sure it'll be a snowball effect and you'll be moving in the right direction. But mm-hmm. pride, like I said, was a big deal for me because I always feel like I needed to react when those certain instances happen. Mm-hmm. When someone, I think we were in Branson, Missouri. This was in the same day. Uh, we were walking into the outlet mall, walked by a car, and all of a sudden this guy was like, talk to this. It was, and this is how early it starts. I think she was still in the car seat, maybe three years old. And she was like, hey, baby, what what color is poop? And she was like, black. He was like, yeah, that's right, black. Black is the color of poop. And he repeated it like three times. Yeah. He's, what he, color, what is you were walking by poop? the car? Yes. So, and they were like yelling it. So I look, I turn around, Whoa. I turn around, the dad, he won't look, he won't look that way, but the wife is like staring out mm. the window, just mm-hmm. like, I wish you would, like, but that's the type they're of... They're trying to bait you. Pretty much. And they're much. teaching and they're their child that, that to hate. And they don't, they don't they're know. They're teaching their child. They, the, the kid doesn't know. Right. And so, who, right, and who right. knows that that's probably how he was taught. Mm-hmm. But that's when I, I have to go to the root of the problem, and that's mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Hate evil. Mm-hmm. Hate Satan. Hate the mm-hmm. enemy. Rebuke the enemy. Don't let him get that foothold on you. And that's what you in. Like I said, it takes <laughs> it takes my, it takes a, a good wife to be <laughs> able to be like, come on. So, Camry, how yeah, do you feel my when someone is that? saying these horrible, whatever these words are, and you just love your husband so much, and you just, what do you do? Well, my first, the first thing that comes to my mind is if he reacts, we know it's going to go south fast, and we know who's going to be blamed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I... When I think about it later, it breaks my heart for how he feels. But in that moment, I'm just trying to get out of the situation hmm. because I don't need him to get arrested. I don't need him to get killed. I don't need any, I mean, because he can defend us. I know that for sure. But sadly, he can't because later on that same evening, some people were driving by and made some rude comments and were they were driving real slow, and I mean, he's a man. His natural instinct is to defend sure. his family, but they're just looking for any, they're just waiting for your reaction so that mm-hmm. they can have an excuse to escalate the situation mm-hmm. and it be all his fault. Right. Because the thing I feel personally, racism is different, a little bit different nowadays in the mm-hmm. sense of it's not people walking around with white hoods on 
people do it in a way that they're being racist, but if they're going to be called out, they're going to be like, I didn't mean it that way. You know, you can't prove that it's racism. Mm -hmm. Just like what he was saying to his daughter, you know, if he would have been called out on it, probably that's not what I was talking about. Right. And what the people in the truck said to us, it probably would have been, that's not what I was talking about. You guys are being sensitive. You took it the Mm -hmm. wrong way. But you know when people drive by you and roll down their windows and stop, they're not, you know, they're not doing it just, they're being Mm -hmm. racist. And so in that moment, I just want to get out of there. I want, I mean, we had our child with us. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, we don't need any kind of, even if it's just arguing, like we don't need anything happening. And so that, that's my first reaction. But then later it's so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because he would do anything for anyone. Like in that, what broke my heart about the second instance is he thought that they were being nice and at first. And so he was like, what? Like laughing. And then it like sank in that, okay, they're not. And like Mm -hmm. that broke my heart because he isn't thinking right off the bat. Like he's thinking you're just being a nice person. Right. And then he has to be disappointed that here's another person just making comments. Hmm. And it's, it's just heartbreaking because they've, they have no idea who he is, but they just decide to make rude comments for mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever. I mean, we were literally walking out of that limo. It wasn't like... Right. You weren't doing anything. We're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally yeah, we nothing really, yeah, we were they just could walking. say that yeah. made them mad or anything because mm-hmm. they were pulling in and we were walking out. So there was no way our paths had crossed. He had accidentally stepped right. in front of him. None of that. It was just pure hatred and evil. And it's it's just heartbreaking that you can be judged on something that you have absolutely no control over. And, right. like, he did nothing. <laughs> like, he has no... He can't, he can't do anything to make them Change not their, feel that yeah. way. It's not like it's because of his a character flaw or something that he's done to make them feel that way. Like, he can't do anything mm-hmm. to make them feel differently. And it's just heartbreaking. Hmm. So when people deny systemic racism right now, what do you say to that? Wake up. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's all a... It's, like I say, I'd like... You know, people can go into politics, people can say all this other stuff, but to me it's it's just a tiny way just to divide people, mm-hmm. keep hate, keep emotions, keep all this keep your focus on all these things and not what you're called to focus on. It's to take all the focus away from who we're supposed to be focused on at all times mm-hmm. and put it on yourself and how you feel and all these other things. So, I mean, Satan is working through this world like He's trying work. to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's yeah. in every aspect. That's physically, emotionally, right. whatever. You know, your mind, whatever he can get a hold of, he's going he's gonna, to, whatever he knows can trigger that. Mm-hmm. He's on it. So race is a big deal. You know, God created color. Right. But, I mean, I'm sure he didn't mean it to turn out like this. So everything God does for good, 
he perverts it and turns it into something bad. Yeah, that's what Satan does. And FYI, Jesus was not a white man. <laughs> that's right. For all of you white listeners out there that are shocked by that, are you aware <laughs> of what our skin color would have been like in the area Jesus was born? That's right. So our skin color, for us to imagine what we've seen in a... Uh, 1970s Sunday school room with blue eyes and yeah yeah no is not the way it was and also it doesn't matter <laughs> no it doesn't matter he died so, for everyone he died for every person and yes. uh, that's all that matters you know mm-hmm. and uh, some people use it you know. And then, and that goes to the black community as well. Mm-hmm. When they see that picture circulating, they're just like, oh, I'm not believing in no white Jesus or that mm-hmm. Bible. And it, okay, I got that. I got that community. Satan's like, oh, yeah, I got them. They don't believe. They're going to all this witchcraft and all this other stuff. So he's got that group taken care of. He's just like picking people off one by one mm-hmm. by one by one. And I mean, I believe in the Bible. That's why it says it's going to be a remnant. It's not going to be very, it's not going to be a lot. It's going to be yeah. a remnant. And that's what I'm focused on. I cannot let Satan use this hot topic mm-hmm. in our relationship to deter us from our end goal, which is pleasing God and mm-hmm. being in his will. Mm-hmm. So. Not everyone thinks like that. I understand that, you know, but I have been in those shoes to where I've been angry. Mm -hmm. I've been ready to do things that a lot of people probably wouldn't think I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And like I said, God is always, he gives you a way out. Right. He gives you, see, the phone call or text or the car breaks down, (laughs) flat tire, whatever, you know, he's making sure like. He wants to take care of you. So all of you out there, if you're thinking about doing something and stuff like that happens, I mean, stop. Don't do it. <laughs> so uh, just listen. Uh, it's for your good. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, I've had a very fortunate, fortunate life as in staying in the word and having this type of relationship. To where in times like these, even though sometimes I do get angry, mm-hmm. and most of the time when I hear it, my knee-jerk reaction is anger, just because it is wrong. Sure. It is definitely wrong. It's injustice, which I'm not downplaying that at all. I'm just talking about the spiritual side mm-hmm. on how we condone ourselves as Christ followers the Christ following people. Mm-hmm. Now the people that don't believe, they're not they can do whatever they want. They're not under any type of, you know, standard. But as Christ believers, we have a standard. We have we are told what to do mm-hmm. in times like these. So there's no better time than now to show that walk walk your like Walk, walk what, what you're what talking. talking. Mm-hmm. Walk what you're talking. Do you really believe, or was that just some stuff you were regurgitating that you heard? Like, mm-hmm. do you really believe in what you say you believe in? And that's where I'm at now. Like, I got to walk it out. 
even though I'm angry, even though I want to go and do things and be angry, get on social media, make posts, tell these mm-hmm. people you're this and that, like that's not giving God glory at all. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And then when, like I say, I pray that when I'm given the opportunity to talk, that I am doing it in a way that's pleasing to him, but also being you honest. Know, inf- honest and yeah. informative and trying to help people navigate through this because it is systemic. Yeah, it's, it is. It, it works from when you're young. Television programming from gangster movies mm-hmm. to the white suburb movies to where, like, you don't even, like, most of the black movies, they're always in the hood. Mm-hmm. White movies, they're always in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So just that, just subconsciously, when you watch those, yeah. that's your outtake. When you see a black person, you're like, oh, they probably live out north. Or you see a white person, you're like, oh, they live in, uh, like, so you gotcha. make a a prejudgment, mm-hmm. a prejudice, you know, thought before you even can catch yourself making the thought. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's very systemic. It and is. You have to watch like what you're watching or if you're watching something now that I watch TV, I pick apart. She probably hates it. <laughs> I pick apart everything. Like I know what that is. I know what that is. I, and when you're subconsciously downloading it, you really don't know until it's presented to you, you're just like, no, I'm not like that. No, I don't think like that. I don't mean like. But you see things that are subconsciously layering in and reinforcing stereotypes. Exactly. Every time you're watching whatever it is, mm-hmm. a movie or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and that's how it infiltrates just mm-hmm. little by little mm-hmm. and little by little. And then the media, they show this, they show that, they show this, but they don't show the entire story. Then they don't. And that's why I can't, you know, even though some of the stories like, yeah, I believe it, but I'm not going to just buy into it, like invest in 100 percent emotionally into all this stuff mm-hmm. just because I know the stuff is all controlled by, you know, yeah. Satan. You know, that's who it's being. So given without to. Christ, can you imagine like how would you what would you be doing? Do you think all the just- looting and all that? I mean, just. Just anger because yeah. I understand right. at, from a from a young age you go to school and you you see firefighters you see police officers come in and say hey like we're the good guys mm-hmm. we're this we're that you know and then you go out into the real world and you see cops killing people mm-hmm. I mean beating people up being rough with them slamming heads up against them these people get thrown in the jail that really didn't do anything or did uh, had a misdemeanor but is sitting and rotten in jail because they don't have a court date or you see this stuff as you get older and 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 more cops come in and they're like oh we're the good guys we'll be here and so as a young black man and you see that it's happening mostly to black men mm-hmm. like you just like, well, y'all are lying. Like, hmm. somebody's lying. Like, it's yeah. not turning out like the way y'all... Y'all look like more of the, of the bad guys than the good guys. So, systematically, yeah, that is where that starts butting heads. That's where that's like, well, 
you say this, but I think this. Mm-hmm. Then you watch movies, and it's always the cops versus mm-hmm. this. Like, so it's just like hmm. reaffirming, like, hey, they're not really the good guys. No matter how much you say you're a good guy, I do not believe you. Just because, so it makes uh, it hard for people to trust. So it yeah. makes it makes you like, who do you, who can you trust? Did you all happen to see the movie Just Mercy this year? I watched it. I was very moved, moved to tears, and my eyes were just open to mm-hmm. the the story, the true story of a man who was incarcerated with no just cause, and he hadn't committed the crime. He lost years of his life. And the story unfolds and and plainly shows that the the white officers were at fault. Took the wrong they made the wrong choice and it cost him years of his life. And the story broke my heart. I just um, for anyone who thinks, oh, that really can't be. It's really not that bad. I just want to be a voice saying, we cannot think that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The other thing I would recommend, have you seen 13th, the documentary 13th? Mm -hmm. That's another one I would recommend about just the systemic, how it's been in our system from the beginning. I mean, we, there's just not a denying of Mm -hmm. that. So... We know Jesus is the answer to all of this, but like right. step by step, what should we be doing? Like, what's the next step for us as a country? Do you think? How do we begin in our hearts? How do we to do the right, <laughs> the right thinking and the right actions and the right way to train our children? And I just, yeah, I think first, from what I see of other people, believe the stories. Hmm. Don't think that. They're, that people are just, you know, making this stuff mm-hmm. up. Because, I mean, I've witnessed it firsthand. I have a front row seat to see how different he's treated uh-huh. than any other male I've ever had in my life. Like, just don't discount the stories as, oh, whatever. And, and the example that I... He probably gets tired of me telling people this, but um, when I've been in a car as a passenger and they got pulled over, mm-hmm. I have never once been asked for my ID. He thought that that was normal. Mm. Like, they automatically ask for his ID if he's a passenger in the car. And yes, that that's, might not be police brutality or so bad, or he's not getting hurt in any way, shape, or form, but... He's guilty until proven innocent. Right. And, I mean, that's just how he has to live his whole life, pretty much, is he has to prove to people that he is innocent. So the first time that happened, were you like, what? Well, he, we were just talking about it, and he oh, just okay. said it like it was normal. And I was like, I, that has never happened to me. And I, since then, I've asked many white people, mm-hmm. have this ever happened to you? No, no, no. And just the... The profiling that happens. Yes, it might not be the beating and this and that, but you shouldn't have. You shouldn't be treated any differently. Mm-hmm. Like it should not mm-hmm. matter. Everybody right. should be treated the same, and you shouldn't have to prove that you're innocent when you've done nothing mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just 
just listen, I think, is the... And my, my... Personally, I think the only way this will get any better is if people start making it personal. And you can't make it personal if you have no one in your life who is going through it. And... Meaning if you have only people of the same race as yes. your friends and people around you, that that's probably not like a great... You. Yes, who think just like yeah. you, who you know reaffirm everything that you mm-hmm. think. If you don't have anyone in your life that thinks differently or looks differently, you're probably never going to change the way that you think. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of people saying, like the... And, I mean, disclaimer, we do not agree with the writing at mm-hmm. all. But... A lot of people saying, these people are out there rioting, they, rioting and they don't even know this man. But the, what we as white people can't understand is, yeah, they might not have actually known him, but they feel like they know him because that could right. have been their brother. That They've could experienced. Have been him. That, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I watch it from a different lens now. That could have been my husband. That could be my son. Like, you see it completely mm-hmm. different when mm-hmm. you know someone personally. Right. And I, I just don't think people can empathize and put themselves in those positions unless you personally know somebody because until then they're just a person on tv Mm -hmm. they're just and not even with george floyd or the police brutality or anything but racism in general you can't it's it's hard to just hear these stories but if you're talking to someone that you personally know and you're looking in their eyes you're going to believe their story and you're going to feel their pain. And I feel like that's when true change will happen is Mm -hmm. when people get outside of their little boxes and have people in their life that look differently than them. The day that we're recording this is the day after the funeral of George Floyd. And the the second day today, there was another memorial a really impressive four-hour-long service, and I watched a, a big portion of it, and I was very inspired and moved by it. And I know that this is making the climate of our culture take notice. It's definitely George Floyd's life and death will be remembered. Mm-hmm. And... I hope, I hope that the laws that are hopefully going to be changed. I heard that there's already one that's been changed by a mayor. Um, I need to find that for the show notes, which town that would be in. But that they've already decided that they will change the way that they do um, if they're trying to detain someone. No longer will they use a chokehold because... George mattered, Mm -hmm. and his death happened because of this. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know where else to to what else to say, but just we need to change. Yeah, and I think that that's a perfect thing for us to go off. Is we just need to know other people that are not like us. We need to listen to people's stories. We need to make it personal. Those are. I mean, that's exactly what we need to be doing. And you ask how white women can mm-hmm. do things. And I think, think about it from a mother's standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he called for his mother. Yes. And people want to, Ugh. people 
And I think it's a natural reaction because you're trying to make it go away. Mm-hmm. But people want to say, well, he was a criminal. Well, he had just done this. He had just done that. Whatever. But no matter how we raise our son, we can do everything right. There could come a day that he could make the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. But as a mother, I want him to still be treated with respect. And Absolutely. His, his, he lived to make to have a chance to Innocent have a second until chance. proven guilty. Yes. And yeah. like just... As a mother, mm-hmm. put yourself in these, and yeah. once again, not even just about that, about racism. Mm-hmm. Do, would you want your child to be judged without just them doing anything? Down the street. Yeah. And not just would judged you? in one aspect. I mean, wherever you go, you're carrying this burden. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm black, no matter where I go, people are going to have their precepts, like what they, their perceptions of me, Mm -hmm. no matter where I go, like, period. People are going to look at me no matter what store I go into, no matter how well I'm dressed, no matter how, what car I drive, no matter what, like any social, economic, like, class. And you have to ride this thin line of, well, if you drive too old of a car and dress a certain way, you're a thug. thug. But if you dress really nice and drive a really nice car, you're a drug dealer. <laughs> you can't Or you can't an athlete. Or, <laughs> or to, Oh my goodness. This perfect line <laughs> oh. of... It's just a... It's, and, and that's what a lot of people don't really get to understand is that it's, it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Like... When I go into the store, I'm probably the only black person there. So white privilege is really just, I mean, and even the Black Lives Matters. It's not that other people don't matter, but the color of our skin is not one of the things that's making. It's not that other people don't have hard lives, but your skin color is not one of those things making it exactly. that way. Because, I mean, like I, like I was telling her the other day, I was like, I know that being poor and growing up without anything is not a black person thing. Mm-hmm. People have done that. Sure. I mean, have came out of that, but it's a little bit harder for a black guy to, to get out of the, to get the same opportunity after a while. Like as a black man, I'm like, I don't want to mm-hmm. like, this will be my ceiling here because I won't be able to get to this class of where I want to be because of the color of my skin. So once you understand that, it makes it kicks your drive down just a little bit, like to where why even try? Why mm-hmm. even do this? And then when you get to that level, when you are successful, when you are you still deal with it. You go buy a huge house in a nice neighborhood, mm-hmm. you're the only black people there, and people are still gonna judge you like you don't belong there. So it's like no matter what, it's a, it's going to be a, you're dealing with the color of your skin at all times. And you have That's to be smart. Burden. Yeah. Excuse me. You have to be smart on how you handle yourself at, at all times because you are always the suspect. Hmm. You're always going to be the suspect and guilty until proven innocent. That's how we have to think, especially when things happen to us. It's like, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Let it go. 
keep going and try to enjoy your day, even though I think about it all day long, nonstop on what I should have done and what I should have said and how I should have done it. Like, Well, and going back to how you're raised, you're have your mom had to tell you how to handle yourself in certain situations. How And I've heard that this, like we this. don't there are conversations that we Robin and I might have with our kids we wouldn't they're not the same kind of conversations. Yes. Right? Yeah, I'm I was like you sit there, you don't move, you keep your hands on the wheel, you tell them every single thing that you're about to do. Mm-hmm. If they ask for this, you're like, it's right here. I'm about to go get it. Is that okay with you for me to go and grab it? Okay. Then and you even go there. as a kid, you said your mom told you never put your hands in your pockets at Like the at the stores, never put your hands in your pockets. Don't touch anything. Don't like, you know, you see kids like running around playing with the balls and all that type of stuff. Like you walk around, you don't really think anything of it, but when I was growing up, you do not have your hands in your pockets at all, or you automatically assume mm-hmm. that you're stealing something. Like, you have something in there, you're hiding something, anything. So it's just like we're we have to live a different life while everyone else is living normal, happy lives. We have to live cautiously because of what and how people see us and think of us. So I'm going to have to break my son's innocence Mm -hmm. at the age of five and be like, hey, look, people are going to look at you differently. They're going to treat you this way. They're going to say these things. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But you can't react. You can't do this. You can't. Even though you want to fight, you can't do it. You can't do this. And when a kid hears that for so long, it's just like, what's like, what's the use? Like, why am I, why am I even living? You know? So when it sets up the mindset that everybody's against me, Mm -hmm. I, I used the analogy the other day that two people, a white man and a black man can be on an obstacle course and the obstacle course is the same level of difficulty Mm -hmm. but it's like they're going down it and the black guy is having balls thrown at him, like dodgeballs thrown at him. So even though they're on the exact same obstacle course he's still dealing with stuff that this person is not dealing with because of the color of their skin. Nothing else. They can come from the exact Mm -hmm. same economic place, you know Family situations, the same school situations, same all those things, but there's just other things that the black man is going to have to deal with that the white man doesn't. Hmm. And the, you mentioned the Black Lives Matter and um, white privilege and all that. That is another thing that I would say as white people that. You have to stop with the banter of all lives matter and white privilege isn't a thing and mm-hmm. because that's hurtful. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. so hurtful. Well, I mean the thing is and I I mean I've said like if my one of my kids is hurting, I don't go to them and go, It's fine, everybody hurts. Yeah. Like 
Rub some dirt on it. I, I tend to that kid. Like, that's what I feel like it does whenever we say, oh, no, all lives matter, mm-hmm. is we're just, like, brushing it off. And take a step back and think about how superior it kind of makes you sound when you start saying, no, you need to say this. No, you need to protest like this. Mm-hmm. No, you need to dress like that. Everything is about what appeases me mm-hmm. and how it'll make the white people receive it better. And, I mean, I literally saw someone say that you they should have said Black Lives Matter too so that it would have been accepted better. It's not, a, like, once again, it's coming back to white people. Right. <laughs> back to right. white privilege, like right. the whole everything. And... It just, when you really stop and think about how you're sounding, when you are just Mm -hmm. going, you know, like, you're not, and even if at the end of the day, you still want to believe that all lives matter and that black lives matter should not be said, it is not benefiting you in any way, shape, or form to come back with all lives matter, but it is hurting someone. Right. So that fact alone... Should, should make you stop sh- and shut think, your mouth. like, I shouldn't <laughs> say this. Yes. Right. Because it's hurtful. Whether you think it's hurtful or not, it is hurtful. Mm-hmm. Depending on if you're a Christ follower or not, that's my, that's my weighing scale. Because if you're not following Christ, you can say with, hey, you're under... Like I said, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're under their own... They're doing their own thing, but as... Christ. As a professed, as a brother and sister. yeah, as someone that says they are following Christ, you, you are commanded to do these things. Mm-hmm. You are commanded to listen. You are commanded to love. You are commanded to, no matter what that person was doing, we are all sinners. We are all should be dead and have mm-hmm. no grace and be, you know, banished to hell forever. Mm-hmm. But we have all been given a second chance. We have all been able to be redeemed. So none of us are better than anybody. Amen. (laughs) And Jesus went after the one, left the 99 to go after the one. Exactly. That's what we need to do. But then what about the 99? You know, (laughs) well, I'm sure they stayed still because, you know, the other one's about to die over there on the mountain because he wandered off. I saw someone say that. That's taking the Bible out of context because they did not specify if that sheep was black and other ones were white. Oh, stop it right now. (laughs) You know, we are in, we're in a world with an enemy Mm -hmm. and with evil in it. And I, sometimes as... I don't know if y'all are familiar with the Enneagram, but I, I think I'm a nine on the Enneagram, which is a peacemaker. I just can't stand conflict. Mm-hmm. I just want everyone to get along. Can mm-hmm. we all just be nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I think about the the unrest and the hate, and the, I hear your stories you've shared, and it just makes me just ashamed to hear those stories, how shameful that someone could say those awful words. Uh, and... And there are a lot worse stories, probably, mm-hmm. that yeah. you that you could have shared. And I I thought of a, a line in a movie that a movie that I love called Hairspray, fun movie. And there's a line in it when Queen Latifah says to her 
the um, young girl who's coming to her and, and her Queen Latifah's sons ha- has liked her and they're starting to have a relationship. And she said, listen, in this world, you're going to have a whole lot of ugly coming at you in a never-ending parade of stupid. Mm-hmm. And the girl says, oh, so you met my mom. <laughs> but I just feel like the enemy is the reason why there's so much of the stupidity and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so blessed to hear all of your reminders, both of you, mm-hmm. KJ and Cambry, about we need to remember who the enemy is and mm-hmm. love Jesus and do his will. And man, you're just filled with uh, the joy of the Lord is all over your faces. And I love you both. You bless us so much. And on a good note, you have another one coming, right? (laughs) Having a baby girl. Yay! So we're excited about that. That's what we wanted. We wanted a boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. God answered our prayers. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, we're definitely excited about that. But excited to be on the show as well, just to talk. We've been wanting to... It's crazy because we've been, we have dialogue all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, we talk all the time about this stuff, Mm -hmm. and we don't agree on everything, which no one's going to. Like, the world's not that perfect. So (laughs) I know we're going to disagree, but it's good to talk about those things and understand how she thinks and understand how I think. That way you can have a middle ground Mm -hmm. of you know, like, okay, maybe I should work on this a little bit more. Maybe I should think about this a little more. And like her saying, get someone else in your circle. Right. It's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, yes, but that's how the enemy wants it. He wants you to think like a certain way to keep you from having a connection and being one person, Mm -hmm. like being together, actually being brothers, actually being sisters, actually... Mm -hmm caring and actually loving someone other than just lip service. So now is a time to reach out and actually walk the walk mm-hmm. and test your faith, like test like what the word says, like step out on that faith and be like, you know what? I'm going to take a step. I'm going to try to I'm just walk up to someone random, you know, I mean, just try. I'm not saying every black person is rece- like receptacle like, or like <laughs> we're going to receive it the same as I am. But, you know, because there, like I said, there's, there's the white side and then there's the black side. There's, you know, extreme mm. on that side as well. Sure. So, I mean, but just try, you know, just in if you are going with a sincere heart, I'm sure God will put someone in your life that you can connect with. Yeah. And if you want to listen and open your heart and actually hear what's going on, I think a lot a lot of things will be different. A lot of things will be different. Just a lot of people are brainwashed right now. A lot of people are just, you know, following the blind leading the blind off the off the mountain you know that's mm-hmm. how i see it you know just people are just all right i'm right like you know mm-hmm. i saw the news the other day i think uh down they were protesting and then one guy didn't even the, he thought george floyd lived in in tulsa and i was just <laughs> like like what he was like we're going to the house and he was like whose house he's like george 
First off, he got his name wrong. <laughs> and then he thought he lived in Tulsa. But that's what I'm just like. That proves people that people following. are just follow. People don't even. They're just want to be a part of something, even though they don't even know what's. Good. And that's how blind people are. That's how blind. That's how this world is operating. Mm. So you sit back and you look out of the lens of what is the, what is the, overall goal here? Because mm-hmm. nothing is going on right now. But hate. Hmm. There are people that are coming together. There are some dialogues. There are eyes being opened. Uh, last week, I had two guys stop by and talk to me, introduce themselves to me while I'm out in the yard doing yard work. That's a step. Yeah. You know, and I'm grateful for that step. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that we should just not do anything. But when you do do something, do it with meaning and do it for the right reason, not just because somebody else is doing it. So, And I think we have to stop being so one way or the other way. Just because you think that, you know, it was wrong doesn't mean you're against all police. Just because you think this, like, we're too extreme. extreme Mm -hmm. And we can't we can't just accept and I think a lot of, or I hope, a lot of people, they realize that, hey, I have empathy. I have, but they feel like if they speak out and say anything, then that automatically means that they hate the police and they're this, that. Like, it's, you can be both. You can yeah. be, yeah. you can think that police are good and that there are some bad ones that are, you know. Right doing wrong and you can say black lives matter without meaning nobody else matters like it's not a this way or that way right it's, it's not, not a, i'm more thing. important or they're more important it's just a and topic of now and i mean and i think that goes for everything in our world mm-hmm. right now we i agree way too Extreme. right left mm-hmm. like you have to choose one side and stick to it and you have to stick to it with everything you got, or you're automatically assumed to be on the other side. And, I mean, let's just get back to relationships mm-hmm. and doing life together and turn off the news. Let's just get back, <laughs> let's just let's get back to and, actually using our brains. Yeah. How about that's <laughs> what I want to say. And yeah. Thinking. Having a relationship and yeah. realizing that it's good to have people in your life that are different than you. Mm-hmm. Like, so many yeah. people are missing out on great people because they are too scared to allow them in their lives right. for whatever reason. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's how they were raised or just taking that step of faith, like you said, and getting to know somebody. Because it can be scary. Because mm-hmm. you don't want them to think, oh, I'm just coming to talk to you because you're black. You know, like, that can be a See, scary to me, step to take. That's an enemy. Like yeah. that's type of stuff that comes up when you know you're trying to do good and something like that comes up, you rebuke it and you go do it. Mm. You 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 make those steps like you know, you know you're supposed to do it. Don't do not ignore overthink that. it. Like mm-hmm. don't overthink it, do it. Like just mm-hmm. 
Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm a I'm a weird person. Like you can start <laughs> off with that. Like I'm weird, but I just want to introduce myself. I'm so and so, and that could be it right there. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to tell me about your life. Like you don't have to do that, but just inter- start just introducing yourself to people. Like. Or saying hi, or and you're like any- a lot more alike than you think. Probably, yes. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing all of this. We're so grateful for you both. We are thrilled that you came to share with such candor and and open up your hearts with us. And listeners, we just hope this has been a blessing to you too. And there's so much wisdom that KJ and Cambria have shared with us tonight. And hopefully it's a blessing to you. Thank you. I'm just so thankful for that honest conversation that we had, and I want to just kind of remind us of the little steps that Cambry gave us, that we need to believe people's stories, we need to be listening, and we need to make it personal. We need to get out of our boxes and get to know people that are different than us, that think different than us, that look different than us, and we need to widen our groups that we're around. And you know, something that KJ said... I believe Cambry also said this too. They both talked about the value of remembering who the real enemy is. The real enemy that is out to steal and kill and destroy us is Satan. And so hating other people is never the answer. It's never the answer. So we need to remember who the enemy is and, and unite with brothers and sisters in Christ against him. So that's one of the best things I was, I was pretty amazed with such the wisdom that KJ shared in our conversation. It was just a blessing to me. Um, as we're wrapping this up, we hope that you listeners will also take to heart this conversation. And um, as we just think about what we can each do in our own hearts, let's let the solution start in our own hearts. Let's let it start examine ourselves for truly seeing the pride and prejudice and thoughts in our own hearts that God can remove and work on. So, Yeah, absolutely. We all probably have blind spots that we need to figure out what those are and fix them. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks. Have a great day.